Yechezkel chapter 36. Chapter 35 was the prophecy about Edom, Yaakov's twin. And in chapter 35, Edom is faulted for thinking that both his own land of Edom and also the land of Israel are both his. And in the Torah, there are two brothers in two separate nations. There's Edom and there's Yaakov, each one entitled to their possession. So Edom is faulted for wanting to take Jacob's possession, Israel's possession. And the book of Yechezkel says in the 10th uh, verse of chapter 35 that they're faulted for saying that both lands and both nations are mine. And the verse ends, verse 10, Vashem Shamhaya, but God was there, referring to the land of Israel. That's where God is. That's not where you can take your possession. That's chapter 35. And 35, as I mentioned last time, is related to 36. The prophecy of Edom is not just another prophecy about the nations, but Edom and Israel, Jacob and Esau are twins, are brothers. So 36 is the other side of it. 35 Edoms entitled to what they have, but not more. And in 36, we have the prophecy which begins in the first verse, you, O human, prophesy to the mountains of Israel and say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of God. It's very interesting that chapter 36 is a prophecy to the mountains of Israel when we remember back to chapter 6. And in chapter 6, the word of God came to me saying, Ben Adam, O human, turn towards the mountains of Israel and prophesy to them. So we have two different chapters which deal, which begin with prophesying to the mountains of Israel, or speaking to the mountains of Israel and saying, listen to what God has to say, but they're quite different. Chapter 6, of course, is about desolation and destruction, about the idolatry that was practiced on the mountains of Israel. But in chapter 36, it's quite the opposite. Chapter 36, verse number 4. So he's commanded to speak to the mountains and the hills. Water courses and valleys, desolate wastes, deserted cities. They have become a prey and laughing stock to the nations round about. And the prophecy is that God is zealous for Israel. I have indeed spoken in my blazing anger against the other nations and against all of Edom. Edom is singled out over here. Edom is the previous chapter. Those that, with glee and contempt, made my land a possession for themselves, prophesied to those to that land, Yechezkel is told. And therefore, in verse number 7, Anina sati et yadi, God swears, raising God's hand. It means God is swearing that those nations shall suffer disgrace. 
But you, v'yatem horei Yisrael, antochem titenu peryechem tisuri ami Yisrael ki kirvu lavo. So here's the prophecy, the positive prophecy about the mountains of Israel, opposite of chapter 6. Mountains of Israel shall yield your produce, obey your fruit, my people Israel. Their return is near. Hini alechem ufaniti alechem, v'nevaletem v'nizratem v'rbeiti alechem adam. Kobet Yisrael kulo, v'nashu ha'orim v'acharevo timonena, v'rbeiti alechem adam uveima, v'ravu ufaru. V'hoshavti etchem k'kadvotchem, hativoti meroshetechem, v'idatem ki ani Hashem. So the prophecy is about restoration, and we notice the language of the prophecy of restoration. In verse 9, Ufoniti Alechem, I will turn to you. In verse 10, Virbeti Alechem, in verse 10. And in verse 11, again, Virbeti Etchem. And this is the language that we find in conjunction with the prophecy, the positive result of observance of the mitzvot in the book of Vayikra, chapter 26. Once again, we find Vayikra language. So here it's the flip side of 35. Here it's a prophecy of consolation and a prophecy of restoration. That's how the chapter begins. What's interesting is that the second half of the chapter, which begins in verse number 16, and here is a discussion about Israel restored and the reasons for the restoration of Israel. Very famous verses of chapter 36. It's one of the Haftarot. Ben Adam, Beit Yisrael Yoshvim al-Admatam, Vayitam'u otah b'darkam u'vali otam, Kitumat ha-nidah ha-itak darkam u'fanai. So it says that Israel has dwelt, has defiled, when they dwelt on their own soil, they defiled it with their ways. They, Tumah, Israel's living on the land, defiled the land. And in consequence of this, in verse 18, I poured my anger upon them. Because of the blood they had shed on the earth, have they had defiled and profaned the land. I cast my anger upon them, in verse 18, and in 19, I scattered them amongst the nations. And Israel amongst the nations, in verse number 20, Two very important verses. When they came to the nations, scattered amongst the nations, they profaned my name, says God. How did they do so? Because the nations amongst whom they dwelt said, these are God's people. And they were acting in a way that I profaned my name. And therefore, God was concerned. God had, God wanted to spare or had mercy upon my holy name. Because Israel, the house of Israel had defiled my name. And therefore, in verse 22, in a very Yechesco verse, I'm going to do something, but not because of you, not because you deserve it, not because of my concern for you, but rather, I will sanctify my great name, 
which has been defiled amongst the nations. The nations will know that I am God when I sanctify my own name before their eyes. Israel is associated with God, and therefore Israel misbehavior, Israel being in exile, being amongst the nations, is a disgrace to God's name. I will save you not because of your merits, but rather for my own sake. It reminds us sort of what Moshe had prayed to God with the golden calf. The Egyptians will say, the world will say, that you couldn't take them out of Egypt, that you brought them to the desert to destroy them. You're identified with Israel, whether you like it or not. That was Moshe's prayer. That was Moshe's petition to God. Save them for your own sake. You are identified with them. And that idea is present here in chapter 36. So I'm going to bring them out of captivity for my own sake. But of course, the question is then, after God gathers us back, gathers Israel back from the nations, which God says God will do in verse 24, I will gather you up from the nations. I will bring you back to your land. But the question remains, but they're impure. But they defile God's name. Verse 25. I will pour upon you purifying waters, and you will become pure. Utartem. For more of your iniquities, for more of your defilements, for more of your abominations, I will purify you. Verse 26. I will sprinkle clean water upon you, you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from your uncleanness. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit into you. I will remove the heart of stone from your body and give you a heart of flesh. Here God is the actor. God transforms Israel, not necessarily because Israel deserves it, but rather because to sanctify God's name. Shame Kodshi. So in the book of Echesco, I would say, this idea of getting a new heart, a rev chadash, which is a very interesting idea, it's found over here in chapter 36. The truth of the matter is, we encountered it earlier in chapter 18. In chapter 18, towards the end of chapter 18, so there, that's the chapter which talks about how God works in the world. How God will reward those that are presently good, despite their past. And in verse 31, the next to last verse of chapter 18, <laughs> In chapter 18, which speaks of God rewarding the righteous and punishing the wicked, it's up to them. People can return, people can change. And in that chapter, it ends with an exhortation, make for yourself a new heart, a rev chadash and a ruach chadasha, as a path back to God. That's in chapter 18. In chapter 36, in our chapter, there's another way to acquire a lev chadash, not because you deserve it necessarily, because it's God's will. Because what it's really all about is God's presence in the world. 
And that in chapter 36 seems to be the thrust, and especially the idea of God purifying us with purifying waters, giving us a new heart and a new spirit, removing the impediments from us, and giving us a heart of flesh, enabling us to be truly human.